1: Welcome to the Krishnadas Pilgrim Heart Hour. In this podcast, Krishnadas shares his warm-hearted and down-to-earth path to the divine. If you are interested in supporting Krishnadas's podcast, please go to BeHereNowNetwork.com slash KD. You know, they always say, in India, they always say, do practice when you're young, when you can. And uh, boy, now that I'm old, I know what they're talking about. It doesn't get easier. It doesn't get easier. Uh, when, those, when the doors to the, the kingdom of love open up, all that's going to happen is you're going to run for it because it's everything you ever wanted. And that love lives within us. So when that becomes available, you want to be able to just go. But unfortunately, you might be able to get your nose through the door or your head for a second, but our own stuff pulls us right back into our attachments, into our greed, into our selfishness, into our self-hatred, into our stuff. So now... Is the time to develop a practice that will help us over time release the toxins in our psychic body, in our our hearts, the toxins of hatred, the toxins of selfishness, the toxins of shame and guilt and fear. Now we have to develop a practice. Now, while we're here, like this, able to make decisions seemingly, Now is the time to develop a practice that will carry us to where we want to go. So chanting is one of those practices. There's no doubt about it. But if we could just start saying Ram or Hare Krishna right now and never stop for the rest of our lives, even that probably wouldn't be enough. Even that probably wouldn't be enough. So look at what we do. We don't. We give a couple of minutes a day and we think we're hot shit. You know, it's not enough. We need to understand where we're going. We need to understand how to get there. We need to understand, not intellectually, but in our being, how to use these practices to enter into that love that we already have within us, that we're just cut off from. Okay? That's what it's all about. That's why I do this. A friend of mine who also gives, you know, these kind of teaching kind of things said, you know, I do this for other people, you know. I'm basically, I'm just a guitar player. I don't want to do this stuff. But I see that other people need it. So I'm not really that way. I get so much out of this by sharing these days, you know, these these hours with you all and with people who come all around the world. It's so extraordinary for me because I get to see through my own shit. And it, it, it's just extraordinary. It helps me so much. One time in Norway, you know, the Norwegians are not the most expressive people, the, just to start with. They make the Swiss look happy, you know? <laughs> so I was, I was there in Norway doing a workshop, and um, there was one guy sitting, like, right in the middle of the room. There may be 50 people there. And he sat there the whole time like this. He had a big bushy beard and bushy eyebrows, you know. He didn't move for three hours, right? And I thought, how did they let this serial killer in here? Was it, he, you know? He's I, I had to keep I kept I kept, you know, I, you know, I would look over here, but I was kind of like checking him out, making sure he wasn't pulling a gun or a knife ready to come at me. So finally the thing's over, you know, and there's a line of people waiting to say hello. And I notice he's like in the line. And I'm thinking, oh shit what's going to happen now right so I'm you know hello how are you yes and I'm always thinking okay he's five five more minutes to go before I'm out of here right so he's there's I was sitting and people were standing and so this guy comes finally he's standing like over me looking down at me like this and he goes this was so great (laughs) so I just spent three hours in hell Because this guy had bushy eyebrows, you know? (laughs) And this is what we do all the time, you know? We walk down the street, people look at us, or they don't look at us, or they say something, or they don't say something. Whatever it is, we have no clue what they're doing. But we take it, like as if we know. And then we go flying with it forever, sometimes for lifetimes. Really. So this is, you know, this is what it's all about. It's kind of, what do they call it when they... Disconnect the bomb. What do they call it? No, the Detonators. Thank you. See, we all that's the <laughs> thing. This is what I'm talking disarm, about. Disarm. disarm. Yeah, we're trying to disarm those bombs, those landmines that are planted in our hearts. You know, and uh, so let's sing a little. The good news is that we actually can disarm those those uh, emotional landmines, those karmic landmines. And the bad news is that only we can do it. So good news and bad news comes together, and that's it. You know, Nobody can do it for you. People can show you it might be possible, and they might be able to show you, you might be able to meet people who have actually done it. And it's an extraordinary experience. Like you walk into the room with the Dalai Lama. You know, he has no landmines. There's nothing there. He's nothing but love and compassion and extraordinary wisdom, right? So only we can do that. Nobody can do it for us. But meeting people like that and having little hits along the way, that gives us strength and faith and confidence in ourselves that we can actually do this, that we know what's going on. We're beginning to have a clue. That's a really big thing. Just to begin to have a clue which direction to turn is such a big thing, really. Because it's subtle. It's really, it's really subtle. We think about ourselves all the time. We're always projecting images ourselves for other people to see and for ourselves to see. When we look in the mirror, go, how's the hair today, you know? It's, maybe it's time to shave this head. Uh, not yet. On and on and on and on. We go all the time. And it's just we, we throw these images up and we look at them and then we feel okay. But the images are just crazy projections, you know, that we want other people to see so they'll like us, so we can get some attention and feel good. We spend all our time like that. It's nice to sing in the city. There's all kinds of crap going on all the time. Of course, I don't live in the city. It's easy to say that. So when we chant, the practice of chanting is very simple. Instructions, the way I sing, are very easy and simple. Other people might give you other things to do, other ways of approaching the practice, and there are a million ways of approaching every practice. But with me, it's very simple. You sing. The minute you recognize that you're not even paying attention, you come back to the singing. That's all you have to do. Sometimes it takes, uh, you might be singing for 20 minutes before you realize you've actually been thinking for that whole time. The moment you notice that, you're actually already back from dreamland, and you come back at that moment, you rededicate yourself to the practice. You, you come back to the singing. And paying attention when you're singing seems to means listening. It doesn't mean, like, thinking about it. It means just listening. You listen to me, then you listen to yourself. You listen to me, you listen to yourself. And this actually develops a constant flow of listening or awareness. When a thought comes, you don't notice when it comes. You only notice after you notice that you've been thinking. You never see the thought until it lets go of you already enough. And at that point, you're actually, it's already released you. At that point, you can remember, oh, I'm actually sitting in a room with 20,000 people and I'm supposed to be singing. So you start, you come back to listening again. This coming back is a very big thing. It's a very big thing. Think about your, Think about today. You woke up, rolled out of bed, went to the bathroom, washed your face off, made some coffee, read the newspaper, how many moments, how many seconds of the day from those moments until this moment were you actually paying attention? You're just rolling on automatic. And weren't seeing yourself, weren't, weren't aware. At some point when you really do these practices enough, you wake up in the morning and you start hearing the mantra inside of you. And it stays with you all day long. And always—you can always keep a little bit of awareness on it, and that helps you, helps us, uh, not get totally lost in our stuff all the time. But once again, this is not a willpower exercise. You're not supposed to see your stuff and beat it up and beat yourself up and come back and just try to be like this. You just sing. You just repeat the name. Repeat the mantra. that's all you have to do. And everything is going to kind of fall into place from that. That's the first alignment, the first turn towards the right direction. And from that turn, everything else will eventually come into view. Since so we take one road, you have a certain kind of scenery. Doing this, we're taking this particular road and then as we drive down that road, stuff will come to us that's on that road. And eventually the stuff that comes to us uh, is an automatic awareness of being really caught. And when you notice how caught you are, you're not that caught anymore. Or you couldn't notice. So through this practice, you kind of get a deeper sense of... Uh, center of gravity inside yourself so if something happens and you get really pissed off and you're about to get a gun and kill somebody previously you might have gotten the gun you might have killed somebody or you might have gotten the gun and said oh what am I trying, they're going to put me in jail if I kill this person, I'll just hit him with the handle but now you might not even get the gun you might not go on the whole trip not because you're Exerting your personal will to stop the trip. You cannot do that. When, you're washed, when a huge wave of emotion washes over you, fuck it, you're helpless. Helpless at that moment. The only thing that you have at that moment is the awareness and the practice that you've cultivated over time. That stays with you. So the wave goes over you and it doesn't completely engulf you doesn't cover you over maybe for just a second and you hardly have to hold your breath It goes quicker not because you're doing anything in that moment but that moment is the result the way that moment unfolds is the result of having done practice for some time already in those moments we can't practice we're not there are practices you can do in those moments but we're not qualified we're too lost there's ways of working with negative emotions and intense moments of, uh, of moments of great intensity, but not this life, not for me anyway. I'd cultivate these moments of when I'm here and can make decisions and do this practice and do it when I can. because in those big moments, there's no way of dealing with those things directly. But the practice that you've done, the amount of time you've spent, and it's very simple, the amount of time and effort and awareness you've put into developing a practice of some kind, that's what carries over from moment to moment. And when something hits you, it may not cut your head off. It may just cut a finger off. Or it may just bounce off of you on the side, graze you instead of knocking you over. You don't know that. There's no way to know that. But over time, you do begin to notice that you spend less and less time asleep, reactive, and buried in unconscious, heavy, negative states of mind. You will notice that over time because that's what happens. It has to happen because you're doing practice. There's no way that doing a practice is not going to bring fruit. Of course, it's going to bring fruit. It's not going to bring the kind of fruit that you imagine because the one who imagines is the one who's disappearing. So all the things that that one imagines are just dreams. They go away, and what happens? They're replaced with reality. When reality is there, when reality is here, when we're aware of being here and present, then we're not projecting. All those things, those dreams and fantasies do not project out at that time. They kick right in the moment we forget. But That's okay. That's the way it works. But you can see how it works when you're sitting here chanting. For a minute or two, you're paying attention, and you're actually remembering to listen to yourself, and and then you, you remember something, and then 10 minutes will go by. Am I right? Isn't this what's happening? Hmm. Well, I guess I'm just a beginner then. That's what what happens to me. But that's the way it is. And beginning to see that is wonderful because it means we're actually paying attention. Otherwise, we just float through the day and we wake up the next day and do the same thing. So this is a practice that eventually you realize it's, it's your whole life becomes involved in this. Because the less reactive we are, the more we're actually available to people and to ourselves to enjoy and to not be caught in our version of things so strongly that we can't hear other people's versions of things. Maharaj used to say, go on, go on, keep repeating your false ram-ram. One of these days you'll say it right once. Boom. That's it. But what does he mean, you know? What do you mean? False Ram Ram. We're seeing Sri Ram, Jai Ram, Jai Ram. But we're not experiencing Ram. We're not experiencing the universe, vast presence, Why, you know, light and, and feeling of elevation in the heart and lightness in the heart. We're not feeling that. We're not experiencing Ram because we're too scattered. We might be saying Ram, but there's 1% of our being actually involved with it eventually 100% gets there, and then that's the real realm. But we're working on it. We're working on it. The reason I don't give, do and visualizations or try to remember anything or think about anything or um, manipulate my, my consciousness at all while I'm doing a practice It's because my understanding of things is that it's already here. Ram, Krishna, Kali, Shiva, all these beings are part of our own true nature, which is already here because we're here. If we're here, it's here because God, whatever that is, lives within us as who we really are, not as something else. It's not something else. It's not something we're going to be someday. We're going to be, oh, well, I'll be good someday, and then I'll be God. No, that's Catholic school stuff. And every other religion stuff, they all teach the same shit. Be good, whatever that means to them. Believe what they believe, and everything will be all right. It doesn't work like that, necessarily. Each one of us has to find it in there, ourselves. Like the Dalai Lama says, my religion is kindness and compassion. It's not some kind of program that you that comes from some other place. It's about what we generate ourselves and how we know ourselves. It doesn't come from the outside. Nobody can give it to you. It's who you are. And all we have to do is uncover it. It's so simple and so difficult.
0: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp.